Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20. And I'll be reading from verse 20 down to verse number 29. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, and verse number 20. The Bible says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them, called unto them and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, that you would come to this earth and shed your blood, give your body to be broken and to be bruised and battered on Calvary's cross so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. We come before you tonight grateful for this demonstration of love. And I pray, dear Lord, that your love for us would motivate us to love you more and more each day. Thank you for the gift of salvation. And I pray tonight as your word goes forth that if there's someone here tonight or under the sound of my voice who has not experienced this most beautiful gift, that tonight will be the night of their salvation. Pray that every believer would be challenged and strengthened to be closely drawn to you. Give me the words you'll have me to say. Cleanse me of sin and enter me of self. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I may preach what thus said the Lord. Thank you once again for your goodness. Take full control. Have your divine way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. Being involved in ministry as I am, and as many of you are, I'm sure you can agree with me and identify with the fact that when you are, it is very easy to be pulled in many different directions. You have to deal with the pull of your own desires. 
You have to deal with maybe your own needs. You have to deal with the requests and the needs of others. And one thing about ministry you would realize, you don't have to be in it too long. You're paying attention and you're observing very closely that needs exist everywhere. Needs come about every single day. And needs exist in all different types, sizes, flavors, if you will. And so when it comes to ministry, it's, it's very difficult and challenging when you observe the variety of different needs that exist and that you're only one person, but such is the nature of ministry. Another thing about ministry to consider is that it can seem at times like a position of prestige. It can seem like a position where you're elevated, especially when you're in a position of leadership. But at the same time, it can be seen as a position that is demeaning. It can be seen as a position that is degrading. It can be subject to criticism and praise all at the same time. And as such, it is important to keep some basic principles of ministry in mind if you plan to be involved in ministry for an extended period of time. If you plan to be in ministry for the duration of your lifetime, it is important with all of these various poles in different directions and aspects that one get not too high or too low, irrespective of what takes place. And I've been preaching through this series that I've entitled A Ministry to Pattern, and I believe that it's important to look at the ministry of Jesus because as he ministered on earth, he surely experienced these poles, if you will, in a variety of different directions. And he has given us through his example during his three and a half year ministry, some essentials for all of us as we pattern his ministry to keep in mind as we engage in ministering to others. And tonight I see a very clear example of his instruction and his example in Matthew's Gospel chapter 20 in a message that I've entitled Ministry Essentials. Ministry essentials. Now, we can see Jesus' example all throughout the Gospels. But I believe in Matthew chapter 28, 20 rather, that Jesus gives us some nuggets. If you will, a, almost like a Cliff Notes version of ministry essentials that if we could get a hold of what he's teaching here in Matthew 20, we'll be able to make it. And so I want us to observe here a few principles, four to be exact, in this text in which we read in Matthew chapter 20. And I want you to notice, first of all, the priority of ministry. 
the priority of ministry. Now we understand here from the background to the verses that we'll focus on in verse 26 to 29, but the context of this verse, these verses, is that Jesus' disciples who were walking with him, we know he had 12 disciples, that two of them, their James and John, their, their mother in verse number 20, comes to Jesus and the Bible says worshiping him and had a particular petition of Jesus. And in verse number 21, the Bible says she, Jesus gives her this audience and says, Oh, what wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. Now Jesus gives her a response and we read the verses, we won't go through in detail, but he says to her, Ma'am, you really don't know what exactly you're asking for. And we see here that the other ten disciples were moved with indignation. In other words, they were upset. You know, you think you are all that and a bag of chips, as they say. You know, you, 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 you want to be on the right and on the left. In other words, you want to be higher than we are. Maybe you have this mindset that you already are. So they were moved with indignation. They were not, ups- they were not happy about this request on their behalf. But notice in Jesus' response, he understood that the mother here wanted her sons to be great. And in the association with Jesus, in putting one on the right and on the other on the left, because of their position and proximity to Jesus in his kingdom, that they themselves would be seen and deemed as great. Now, we may look at that desire and think, hmm, that's very selfish. That's very prideful. But I want us to understand when it comes to the priority of ministry, Jesus did not condemn them for their desire to be great. In other words, he did not castigate them. He did not uh, uh, say, you know what, your desire to be great is sinful. But what he gave to them was the formula and the prescription that they would need to follow in order to be great. And so when it comes to the priority of ministry, understand that God himself wants you and wants me to accomplish and to experience greatness. Aren't you glad that God wants you to be great? And so the priority of ministry is simply this, jot this down, greatness. God wants you and me to excel But notice what he says in verse number 26 as to how this greatness is accomplished. It says, but it shall not be so among you. In other words, how you are endeavoring to accomplish greatness, that's not the way. He says, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. In other words, Jesus was saying to them, listen, when you are engaged in ministry, that will lead to greatness. Now, I'm sure if you were to look around at our world and you look around at the the efforts and the endeavors of people, 
it's easy to conclude, and again, there's nothing wrong with greatness, that people want to be great. But often, this greatness is thought to be attained through money. It's thought to be attained through fame. It's thought to be attained through position. And as such, people thrive to uh, strive rather to achieve success through accomplishments, whether it's through education, sports, business, politics. People will try to achieve greatness through maybe marrying into a particular family. Some people are born into royalty and that is seen as greatness. Some people try to achieve greatness by associating with people who are deemed to be successful. But here Jesus links true greatness to being involved in ministry. In other words, ministering to the needs of people. Now, I'm not going to take a survey tonight, but I would submit to you that the vast majority of people do not think that ministering to the needs of people is the path to greatness. You say, Pastor, how could you come to such a conclusion? Well, I would submit to you that there is a vast scarcity of people involved in ministry. Now, that tells me that there is a perception that mm, the path to greatness does not come through ministering to people. Some time ago, I was talking to a, a gentleman who I know from my childhood youthful days. Not that I'm not youthful anymore, but I feel youthful. But anyway, I digress. And uh, he asked me what I'm doing, and I said, I'm a pastor. He said, buy no money in that. <laughs> he said, no money in that. And so what he was really saying is, no, 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 no. I can't go down the road there with you. No, no, no. That's not the path to greatness. Not, not enough prestige. Not enough fame, not enough money, uh, not the titles associated with ministry uh, are not glamorous enough. As a matter of fact, some might even have the view that if you're involved in ministry, maybe even if you're a pastor, that it's because you can't do any better. Such is the nature of perceptions when it comes to being involved in ministering to the needs of of people. But we have here Jesus saying to these disciples that the priority of ministry is greatness. He says, if you're going to be great, let that person be the one who would minister to others. So the priority of ministry, my friend, is greatness. God wants us to be great. He's not decrying greatness. He's not decrying excelling. But he's saying that it must be done a particular way. But notice secondly tonight, not only the priority of greatness, but notice 
this priority of ministry rather, but notice the, the practice of ministry. We observe the priority of ministry. Notice the practice of ministry. Jesus goes on in verse number 27 and he says, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. No, that sounds like Jesus is turning traditional thinking on its head, doesn't it? He says, whosoever is going to be chief, let him be your servant. That just seems from a human perspective like an unusual strategy. This goes counter to normal expectations, doesn't it? Normally the one who is great is the one who is served. Not the one who is the servant. I mean, the one who is deemed great is the one who is served and fed and driven and attended to. I mean, can you imagine the, the, the staff at, at, at Buckingham Palace? I mean, an entire staff of maybe how many people, I don't know. But they are tasked with the laundry and the cooking and the cleaning, the serving, the opening the door, the tending to every need because they are serving the one who is deemed to be Great. But Jesus is saying, on the contrary, let the one who is the chief, let the one who is great, let that one serve. Hmm. That's the practice of ministry. Now, let me interject here and say that this does not mean, and Jesus is not purporting that when it comes to individuals who are involved in ministry, that they be treated with dishonor, disrespect, and indignity. And I interject that because in what Jesus is teaching here, I believe that it might be that this is where the mindset comes from, that those in ministry ought to be treated less than. Jesus is not saying that at all. But he's speaking to the mindset of the person in ministry. It ought to be one of service to others. Amen? That this is why I do what I do. I'm endeavoring to serve others. I'm endeavoring to meet the needs of people. I'm endeavoring to be a servant. That, my friend, is the practice of ministry. But notice, thirdly here tonight, the, the purpose of ministry. The purpose of ministry. Jesus goes on further and he says in verse number 28, in giving an example of himself, what better example for us to follow? He says in verse number 28, he says, even as the Son of Man, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and watch this, the purpose of ministry, and to give his life a what? A ransom for many. 
No, he says a ransom for many. He's speaking of a ransom for many what? People. Lives. You see, my friend, Jesus' scope of ministry was people. And here's what we must understand when it comes to ministry. Ministry is all about people. If a person doesn't care about people, ministry is not for that person. But let me also say, if a person can admittedly, truthfully say, I don't care about people, but yet that person has experienced the love of Jesus Christ, shame on them. Amen? You see, my friend, because Jesus is the greatest example of sacrifice for people. He's a sacrifice for all mankind. Uh, I, I didn't even plan this in advance, but as the song said, broken and spilled out for you and for me. He wasn't broken and spilled out for himself. He was broken and spilled out for people. People who would spit in his face. People who would mock him. People who would bruise him. The same people who he would heal are the same ones who would come and crucify him. Yet he gave his life for people. That people includes you. That people includes me. And as such, his command and his mandate just before he returned to his father was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That, my friend, is a mandate. It's not optional. You see, and to not care about people is the epitome of selfishness. You see why? Because people are dying and going to a devil's hell. That's why Jesus gave his life. And that sacrificial act ought to be an example and a motivation for us to follow. Now, here's something that I trust happens in this church and happens in every church. When a person comes to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, my friend, we as believers who know Christ, we ought to be excited. We ought to be enthusiastic. We ought to be encouraged that God has brought a life from death unto life. Why? Because it's all about people. Whenever a decision is made for the Lord, my friend, that ought to stir our hearts because that's what ministry is all about. It's about people. But notice finally the product of ministry. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 29. In verse number 29, the Bible says, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. You see, my friend, when we serve with a servant's heart, when we have a, an attitude that it's all about people being one to the Lord, the goal ultimately is to have
people follow the Lord. Notice who the Bible said the people followed in verse 29. Not the disciples, but they followed Jesus. You see, when it comes to ministry, it's not about getting our own personal following. You know, we live in a day and age of social media where it's all about how many people you got following you. How many likes you got. How many views. How many clicks. How many subscribers while you're up with the times. My goodness. Woo! God is doing great things. How many subscribers? Listen, you got enough subscribers. You might get a book deal. You might get a TV show. You might get a reality show if you got enough subscribers. But my friend, when it comes to ministry, the product of ministry is for God to have all the subscribers. Amen? It's for him to have the followers. It's all about him and it's not about us. Now, nothing is wrong with subscribers. I mean, if you could get 100,000 subscribers, listen, channel them to the Lord. Amen? That's what it's all about. It's all about him and it's not about us. And when we recognize these essentials, they will keep us motivated when things get tough. And believe me, in ministry, things will get tough. keeps us going when the results are not what we would have hoped for. Keeps us going when criticism comes, which it will come. But it also keeps us going when success comes, that we still serve God with the right perspective, with the right mindset, with the right attitude, because whether success comes or whether success does not come, it does not change the fact that we ought to still be servants. Jesus here giving them a, a reality check. Let's bring it back to what it's all about. This thing called ministry. It's not always it's not easy, but there's a priority of ministry. It's about greatness. It's like, I'm not condemning you for your desire to be great, but let me help you understand how you accomplish that greatness. God wants us to be great in what we do. God wants us to use our abilities and our talents to to achieve greatness. But it's got to to be done through the prison of being a servant. The priority of ministry is greatness. The practice of ministry is is to be a servant. As you engage in your ministry, whatever it might be, at this church or through this church or maybe outside, do you have a servant's heart? The purpose of ministry is all about people. As many people as we can reach, that's the focus. And the product of ministry that people will follow the Lord. And when that is accomplished, Jesus 
is saying that true greatness will truly be achieved. As we continue to engage in ministry, it can pull us in so many different directions. Let's keep these essentials at the forefront of our hearts, our minds, and help them to keep us on the right path and not to be distracted with our own accolades and our own perceived success. But may it be that it all be channeled and focused towards the one who gave his life and sacrificed and was the perfect model of a servant. And as a result, Baba says, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every 